welcome to the Boutique Hotel News podcast, where we share the latest news, comment and opinion from across the sector, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, news reporter at BHN and host of this week's episode. Here I'm joined with Ronique Copeland, founder and managing director of Copeland Hospitality, where we talk about the three pillars of recovery for spa and wellness centres, the emergence of the chief health officer, and how rituals are going to become embedded in the wellness experience. With coronavirus holding a microscope to cleanliness and hygiene standards, how have spa and wellness projects adapted and moved forwards? All wellness centers, all spa centers um, have always been known for their protocols and their very strict norms regarding cleanliness, regarding hygiene standards. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think that this coronavirus um, um, has added more, even more stricter kind of like standards and policies and procedures to be able to give some comfort and confidence to those that are visiting these uh, these places and make sure that they understand that not only were they used to coming to a place where it was very, very uh, hygienic and clean and even sanitized to a certain extent, mm -hmm. but now even more. And the even more, that extra um, activity that is happening in these new protocols, I think this is going to give um, a really sense of being a sense of place that the guests will feel very comfortable rather than going to any other place. So the wellness um, facilities, I think, have an advantage, have an opportunity to be able to cater to those that are seeking a place that respects social distancing, that does have all protective wear for all of their experts and, 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 and beauty and uh, massage uh, and all the therapists, of course. So one of the things that has been happening in this area in terms of the way wellness projects have adapted is that they have done all kinds of new protocols and, and they have been able to, first of all, work on three pillars when it comes to this kind of like setup, mm -hmm. a new, even more strict setup. So the first pillar, it would be train, train and train on the new protocols, make sure that the employees are very receptive, then themselves are protected, then themselves feel a sense of well-being, that they're willing to come into work, they feel protected both also physically and also mentally and also financially. So a lot of these projects have first of all made sure, because cash is king, to mm -hmm. make sure that they have the right resources and enough to, to keep going if there was an immediate lockdown on the particular place. So of course there are government regulations, but mm -hmm. if there were areas where these uh, uh, projects kept on going or are reopening now, then they're really taking advantage to revamp all of these um, uh, policies and procedures to do webinars, to do remote master classes before the reopening and to train as much as they can so that that particular employee feels comfortable with everyone coming in. The mm -hmm. second thing um, is wellness centers are preparing themselves ahead of time because they know that the expectations are higher and there's much a higher awareness of uh, what is expected in terms of uh, all the employees wearing the masks, leaving mm -hmm. all of their personal items outside 
in the locker rooms, mm -hmm. making sure they disinfect and change treatment rooms before and after, making sure they're wearing protective wear during a treatment, um, dealing with linen, dealing with uh, materials on an individual basis. In other words, replacing everything that has been used in a particular treatment and making sure that it's not used again, sterilizing the area, mm -hmm. uh, sanitizing the area, of course, disinfecting. The third pillar mm -hmm. out of the three is the communications part of it, the CRM, the communicating all the time, keeping everyone um, who has been coming to this wellness center engaged, interacting with the guest, understanding what is it that they're expecting, and many of, this, um, many of these uh, projects, what they've done in order to move forward and also making, making revenue streams keep on working, they're um, providing offerings of gift certificates, gift cards, definitely giving much more samples, which we all love, all these samples that we get from different spas, you know, all the creams, all the face masks, all the perfumes. <laughs> Um, so this is, this has been a great little bonus and also the fact that you're able to provide an offering for future use and still bringing cash to mm -hmm. go forward. And what will be the role of the well-being expert in a post-COVID setting? The role of the well-being expert to begin with, this is a trend in terms of an actual position an actual um, I would say you know a box a line in the whole organizational chart of whether it's a spa center or whether it's a hotel setting that you have you have a wellness center inside so the whole idea of having someone who relates to well-being is pretty revolutionary to begin with mm -hmm. and the acceleration is, is is really incredible this particular um, a necessity to have this position is exploding right now in the hospitality industry. For example, a well-being expert will have a role, in my opinion, to be like a nerve center, like a coordinator between all of the other departments. There's so much potential to this particular well-being expert that I see it even a further step in the sense that I believe that one of the things that will happen after the coronavirus, or as long as we're actually learning to live with it, mm -hmm. is that we will start to see a sort of like uh, idea of an open organization. It could be in a hotel setting, it can be in a wellness setting, where you don't have um, hierarchical kind of like uh, setups, where mm -hmm. you have a GM, an assistant, and you have too many lines, you know, you have too many people reporting to too many people. Mm -hmm. You have a chef, you have a sous chef, and in a spa environment, you have a spa manager who does, who is the professional in terms of treatment. And mm -hmm. then you have the spa manager who's in charge of the marketing and the business. So for some reason, they've never been able to put together the business and the content and the offering and the product. So mm -hmm. I believe that we will go into a situation where organizations are going to get to, to a chief health officer, mm -hmm. just like you have a chief technology officer or a chief marketing officer. You will start to see the blurring of the lines, the blending of the different positions, because I believe wellness and well-being is in everything. It just matters. It's like design. Mm -hmm. Design really matters. Design is also a smile of one of the 
staff members and design can be uh you know whatever their their their, their uniforms are it could be uh, a symbol of a branding you know a mm -hmm. manifestation or installation or art fixture mm -hmm. in in the hotel or in the spa so just like design is everything and it really matters in all levels well-being is everything and it really matters in all levels mm -hmm. and how do you see the pursuit of wellness evolving within hotels i think that here we need to look at the guest journey mm -hmm. and understand what happens in the guest journey and how we can make it a little bit more into a more spiritual experience. But what I mean by that, I don't mean really to take it to the extremes um, where someone will not relate to it, um, whether it's a business traveler or whether it's a family with children. I mean it to try to understand the guest journey from the elements of rituals. Mm -hmm. Every every way, every touch point, every um, customer interaction mm -hmm. with whether it's a staff or whether it's an actual uh, sense of place of a more intimate social place or a more personal place, mm -hmm. they need to feel something and they need to be able to understand that someone is trying to have a dialogue with them, even if it's not a personal face-to-face -face kind of interaction. For example, imagine a guest journey where a spa goer is coming into the spa. Mm -hmm. His welcoming will always be there. A lot of times you have someone escort you mm -hmm. and take from you your things. If it's, a, of course, a luxury kind of setup. And even if it's not, you go to the lockers and you are in interactions with everyone all the time. So what's going to happen is we're going to be using technology a little bit more to enable us to do those a little bit less less touch base and more contactless mm -hmm. and have our maybe our smartphones just for the beginning of the welcome there might be a kind of remote uh checking in per se to the spa mm -hmm. or to the wellness center then having a place where you can go and find your bathrobe your towels your your slippers and you don't have to really interact with anyone Mm -hmm. um, then maybe, yes, being escorted. And when you're escorted to the room, you're left alone to do a little bit of mindfulness, to do some breathing exercises, to be able, if there is a uh, water element area or a shower in the room, you could actually do that before and after the treatment. But most importantly, and this is the spiritual part of it, um, slowly but surely, there's going to be more and more rituals. For example, uh, a guest will be offered and will be left on the treatment bed or on the sofa or on the table uh, four types of aromas inside mm -hmm. a little bottle or inside a little uh, bag, aroma bag, um, of course, sustainable, made out of, you know, uh, textile. And the person will, will, will smell that, will choose one of the aromas. Mm -hmm. And although we do see this um, happening in different wellness centers, the more we make it a big part of the experience and as dominant as we can make it and also it could be very dynamic because you can change the rituals you know mm -hmm. there might be a certain kind of tea which is a signature tea in the wellness center very relaxing uh, mm -hmm. there might be some kind of conversation you know by respecting social distancing where you're talking about does this person want a little bit more preventive 
uh, treatments, does this person want something else? So you do have the spiritual part and you also have the personalization part. And this is a huge part of what we're going to be seeing accelerating very, very fast. And in the end, it's a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. And do you think that these values or new qualities, new features are resilient and sustainable in the long term? Absolutely. All of us will be revisiting all kinds of concepts. We will be revisiting the food and beverage concept, of course. Um, We will be revisiting our wellness concepts, our what technologies we're using. Mm -hmm. So I think that part of this social distancing um, design perspectives of spaces, this will be in the short and midterm. Mm -hmm. But of all things, not just will wellness uh, will be sustainable. I think it's actually going to prosper. I think it's actually going to grow. There's, mm-hmm. going, there's a growth factor in the, in the wellness that is only starting now. I think we're in the beginning of a real big evolution, revolution, because one, it's very flexible. Uh, two, it could be very strict and very disciplined. Mm-hmm. It's also very transparent. So all of these values, I think, are going to move us forward um, in the sense that we will be able to say to, the, to hotel owners, say to investors, say to, you know, spa, to this, our, our own guests and our spa goers, that they can expect that they're going to be in a journey with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. And this can help um, physically and mentally their health for the long term. There are wellness projects that are working now with dance companies, um, whether, and, and, and trying to partner with them and using some of the space that of course, in terms of real estate, there's a lot of space that could be used now if, mm-hmm. if we're gonna be repurposing different spaces because of different changes because of, of, of coronavirus. So this dance company is working with the wellness experts and with the wellness centers to incorporate dance into movement sessions. And mm-hmm. no one has to become a professional dancer, of course. This <laughs> is, that's not the point. The point is that you use a combination of yoga and Pilates and dance moves mm-hmm. um, and all kinds of things that just physically make you move. Add to that, the, the, whether it's pampering or whether it's more result-oriented spa treatments, uh, some of them more touch-oriented, some of them less, um, and beauty treatments, then you definitely have a full package of everything that everyone will want for their whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. And what would be your advice to a hotel owner who might be revisiting the spa and wellness concept? I would say, first of all, to hotel owners, be more involved in operations. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do trust your team get the best people that you can. Of course, it's such a professional field that you really have to get the most um, expert people to do wellness and then communicate as much as you can, both with your employees and with your, with your spa goers, your spa guests, hotel guests. The more you communicate, the more you're transparent, the more you explain what's happening inside um, your, your place, your venue, the more I think you're going to be able to attract that audience. 
And mm -hmm. as you attract that audience, the more that you're flexible mm -hmm. in the offerings and adding value to it, you will be in a very good spot for the long term because we're in for the long term. Thanks for listening to the Boutique Hotel News podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and sign up to our twice-weekly newsletter. Boutique Hotel News is part of the international hospitality media portfolio. This November, we launched the Urban Living Festival 2020 in London. We're inviting urban innovators and investors at the cutting edge of contemporary hospitality and real estate to look to the future and collectively define where we stay, live and work. Visit urbanlivingfestival.com for more details.